Welcome to Horse Happenings with myself, Lindsay Partridge. In this episode, we're going to talk about taking horses on long trailer rides, whether it be to a show or to a clinic or just because you want to go ride your horse on the beach or maybe in the mountains and take your horse on a long journey. I'll give you guys some tips and some insights into taking horses on these long journeys. And the good news is, is that it can be a lot simpler and easier than you might think. So if you have something on your bucket list that you'd like to do that's pretty far away, try not to let a long trailer ride get in the way of having a fun enjoyable experience with your horse because it's very doable very achievable and there's lots of ways you can do it and help uh, make it be a successful trip so I'll share with you guys some tips based on my recent experiences of going long distances with my guys we are just coming back from Texas from the world championships driving all the way from Ontario, Canada down to Texas. As well, recently we went to Kentucky for the Thoroughbred Makeover and coming up soon, I'll be taking my horses south to Florida for the winter time. So that's a very long drive as well. So to give you guys a few tips and insights to get started, first off is with trailer design. So the most comfortable ride for your horse is gonna be one where they're standing backwards or if not backwards on a slant and the worst way for your horse to travel is actually facing forwards and that's because a horse naturally carries a lot of their weight over their front legs and when you place a horse in a trail trailer frontwards they have to actually carry a lot of their weight on their back legs which is very fatiguing over a long period of time so standing backwards is actually easier for them because it lets them carry their weight on their front end more for bracing and standing otherwise a slant load trailer lets them distribute the weight a little bit better and having a trailer that has some type of bar or rail to lean up against is going to be a lot easier than if they are freestanding in a trailer so keep that in mind if you're booking a trailer for a long haul that a standing stall can be a great thing for your horse but slant or rear facing would be the ideal way for your horse to travel for a long distance for my horses I have a slant load trailer and for my horse's comfort we have drop down windows in the front side so we can help have really good airflow they have little air vents that are over top of them so that way I can turn them on or off or open or closed I should say that allow more air to circulate to make sure they can stay nice and cool if it's a, a hot sticky day it's important to have um, hay nets so they have slow feeder hay nets where the whole size is small enough that I don't have to worry about them putting a foot in their hay net. That's super important, but it's big enough that they can eat comfortably in the trailer. And then when it comes to water, I find that horses don't usually drink unless they've been in the trailer for at least six hours or more. So if I'm in the trailer shorter than six hours, I don't typically offer them water I'll wait until that six hour mark now that's going to depend on the temperature that's going to be a huge factor in um, in how quickly they're going to start drinking and I bring big water jugs with me so I have big um, water jugs that I fill up with my own water from the farm and I take that with me so it's familiar water for them 
And when I get to my destination, I use the water that's at my destination or not. I can mix it with a little bit of my water that I've brought from home so that way the horses can get used to it a little bit better and then I'll fill with the water from my destination for on the way home. So it works out pretty nicely. I bring, um, I bring two big giant jugs, uh, I think they're four gallons, or not four gallons, they might be, I'm not entirely sure how big they are, but they're really big. <laughs> but I bring two of them and that is more than enough water for my three horse trailer to give my horses water multiple times throughout the trailer ride. And what I do is I have these little water buckets that I actually clip to their um, chest bar area. I'm able to clip them and that way I can fill them. I just do them half full so that way the water doesn't splash around too much but then the horses can have a little drink if they want to but I don't put them there until we're halfway through our ride otherwise I find they just get filled with hay and then the water gets all gross because the hay's fallen in it so I just wait until we're, we're six hours into the drive before I offer that to them and I let them stay uh, let the water buckets stay in the um, trailer also at that point the horses are usually more settled so if I'm taking my less experienced horses where they might be a bit nervous on the trailer, maybe pawing or being antsy or fidgety, then it's not a good idea to leave the water buckets with them up front just in case they do something silly and are pawing so much that they get their foot stuck in it. We wouldn't want something like that. But when I put the water buckets in after six hours in the trailer, they're usually um, settled and quite relaxed in the trailer at that point. And so it's safer to leave a bucket with them. In my trailer, I'm also fortunate that there are um, bars between the horses, which allows for good airflow, but also allows them to see the horse that's directly beside them. If you are trailering a horse by themselves, then sometimes it can help if you put a mirror that they can't touch, but that's uh, opposite to them in their stall, so that way if they look over, they can see another horse and that can help them feel a little bit comforted because they don't necessarily know that it's them that they're looking at. And of course, because it's them looking at the mirror, the horse will move a little bit, that other horse will eat hay and do horsey behaviors and, and can help them feel a little bit more relaxed and settled. Sometimes people will also put a, a stuffed toy or something in the horse's stall that they get used to. And then when they go on trailer rides, they can put that same stuffed toy in the trailer to help give that familiarity, just to make it a little bit nicer for the horse to get settled. I put shavings on the ground for my horses so that way it absorbs their pee if they're gonna go to the bathroom in there and also gives that cushion and also some familiarity with the smell of shavings because they're used to that coming into the barn to get their dinner and then uh, they also have their hay from home as well which is all familiar to them and uh, I want to make sure that they're not gonna have an upset tummy along the ride I'll also give my horses a Gastra FX tube before they trailer. So that's from Omega Alpha and it helps uh, comfort their, their tummy a little bit so that way it can help protect them from ulcers. Because when horses are stressed, they can give themselves ulcers and we don't want them feeling upset or um, being worried uh, to the point that they're gonna give themselves ulcers or get upset and give themselves stress colic or anything like that which is also important that our horses drink water. So I usually bring some Winnie water with me and Winnie water is this 
miracle powder stuff that if your horse doesn't want to drink and it's been a few hours and you sprinkle this molasses type powder on the water, the horses usually tend to drink right away, which is great even if they just take a little bit because you want to make sure they keep their, um, their bodies lubricated, so to speak, and hydrated with that water is going to be really important along the drive but sometimes people stress and they're offering the horses water every two hours and I think that's really excessive I just wait until after six hours and then I uh, leave the bucket of water in there with them I do find that some of my horses tend to drink a lot more than other horses and that's totally okay they uh, they also eat different amounts which is okay and it's one of the reasons why with my horses that I try not to get too stuck on a routine. So at our farm, we do do daily grain for the horses, but our staff have a window of time where we say, okay, please do the chores between 3 p.m. and 7 p.m. for the evening dinner. And the reason why we have such a big window of time like that is if you get really stuck on an exact time every single day, then when you change that horse's schedule, it's gonna be very stressful for them. Their stomach is almost gonna be programmed to release acid at that particular time. So it makes it a little bit harder than when you're gonna transport your horse or go anywhere or do anything. They can get stressed out and they can be more prone to ulcers. So having an inconsistent routine to some extent is going to be helpful to your horse uh, just to make sure that they're not going to be too thrown off by having things a little bit different on a different day so that's going to be key when we're going for these long hauls for sure with our with our horses now along the route how many hours can you do with a horse in the trailer it depends on the horse's health and your trailer and your truck and all those kinds of things and and who's driving and how many people you have driving for me uh, my kind of maximum is usually about 12 hours is the most driving I want to do because by the time you add stops and breaks to that it makes for a pretty long day that even if you leave at 6 in the morning you're probably not getting to your destination until 10 or 11 o'clock at night so that would be the most that I would want to do I find now, especially now that I have kids in the coming with me, I have my one of my babies, well, my baby or my toddler coming with me. It uh, means we're stopping more frequently to feed or change them, all those types of things. So I find that seven to nine hours is kind of more the ideal for me now, uh, more along the seven to eight hour mark. And then that way I can take some longer stops, longer breaks along the way of course making sure that it's not too hot in the trailer for the horses that if we are stopped for a little while to go for a walk or something that the horses are going to be okay in there which is the real key to having drop down windows for your trailer to make sure that you can get maximum airflow but also um, making sure you have an insulated roof that's going to reflect the sunlight and not trap heat so it's going to insulate from the outside the heat coming down so it's not going to overheat the horses on the inside and just to clarify when I say drop down windows I don't mean so your horse can stick their head fully out the window they drop down and there are still bars in front of the windows and that's important because the horse 
could try to jump out of the window. That's definitely happened before, uh, not to me personally, but to people that I know of. And luckily, um, nobody I personally know has had a serious injury from it. But uh, definitely want to be careful about that because horses can get silly sometimes and uh, can make bad life decisions, including trying to jump out of windows of trailers. So I want to avoid that at all costs. So when I'm going to these long hauls where I go to Texas and that has to be a multiple day drive just because of the pure distance, it's actually pretty easy to find places to lay over your horses. So what I usually do is I'll Google map my route of um, where I'm going from A to B and I'll look to see kind of what looks like the stop marks that I want to make in terms of uh, if let's say I want to split a drive into three days then I'll try to look at the map for where are going to be those spots that are roughly a third along the way of the distance even if it's not exact it doesn't really matter if one day I'm driving nine hours the next day it's eight hours and the next day it's seven hours doesn't really matter as long as we're spreading out the drive and then what you can do is on Google in the map section you can click search this area and you can type the word equestrian or you can type um, horse facility you can type um, horse farm all of those things will tend to give you a bunch of results in that little area and then I'll just kind of see if there's any of them that are close to the highway that I'm taking because I try to find a barn that's not too far off the road that we're already going to and then I'll just uh, click on the contact information and take a look at their website and I'll send them an email and find out if they have any availability if they offer that service of uh, drop-in places and sometimes I'll find places that that is their business is having people do drop-in overnight boards so for example when I went to Texas on the way back we stopped in, at a place in Arkansas Hazen Arkansas that's right off the interstate highway super super handy and literally half a mile from a couple different hotel choices so it couldn't have gotten any better than that and that's that was their primary business was people dropping in along the interstate and the horses got round pens which was super ideal and awesome that they could stay there and have a nice overnight break there's places that you can book that have stalls or have outdoor turnout I usually if it's um, nice weather like nice weather months it's not in the middle of winter I like to book outdoor pens for my horses so they get a chance to walk around move around and stretch one of my favorite stops is near the Kentucky Horse Park there's a place called uh, Saddles and Sheets and they have these huge pastures that are a couple acres and they're a great halfway mark for my horses to stop at when uh, I was on my way back from Texas we decided to break the drive into four days which the first time I went down to Texas with my horses I did it in two days and that was about 13 hours of driving on each day which is a lot it's a lot and then uh, on this last trip I had both my daughters with me so it was just too much to do 13 hours of driving in one day so we split it into four days and the first stop we did was in Arkansas so we just had a little less than seven hours to drive and we were right off the highway the horses got to be in a round pen 
for the night, which was great. And the hotel was just a half mile away. So really, really close, very, very handy. And these places where we stop are usually super helpful. You can leave your trailer there while you go to the hotel. A lot of the hotels have truck parking, so you can park there with your trailer if you want to. And uh, the barn usually has water and hay available for sale if you need hay. So it's, and they have um, typical like grass hay, so it's pretty easy to transition your horses on if you don't have enough hay in your trailer to take with you, so you don't have to stress too much about that. And then after Arkansas, we did the stop in Kentucky where the horses were in the paddock overnight and then the next stop in Michigan. And then we only had four and a half hours to finish the drive on the last day, which was nice for a nice short day. And for me, that was mostly because of my toddler that I wanted to stop at hotels that had indoor pools so she could go swimming in the morning and we could tire her out a little bit before putting her in the truck for lots of hours for the rest of the day just to try to make it nicer for her but for the horses I find that you know they can do the 12 hour drive in the trailer no problem especially when you're driving carefully and you're making those stops every so often to you know go to the bathroom or fill up with gas and then the horses get a chance to rest as well during those uh, stops so it's no big deal and it's easy to find these places there's a lot of nice um, places Sometimes on um, Google you can find different listings for bed and barns is what they're called. Bed and barns or horse motels are other kind of keywords that you can use to search for. The, the saddles and sheets place that I went to, that was their primary business too, was having horses come in for temporary stays like that. And uh, super handy to have places like that. And then the stop in Michigan is just a regular boarding lesson facility that was willing to take us in for the night. And usually the cost of these places is anywhere from $10 a night to $25 a night, depending on what they include and what they provide. And usually most of these places will do the mucking of the stall or the pen for you. So that way when you're doing your long travels, you can just tuck your horse in for the night and then they'll take care of the mess the next day, which makes it really, really handy. Some of the places even have bed and breakfast or cabins or things like that that you can stay at on property. There was this one place that I stayed at on the way to Wisconsin when I was on the way out there for the Mustang Challenge and uh, they had this really awesome cabin on their property that had a really nice shower and nice comfy beds and was really super handy with the horses right there with individual pens. So sometimes you can find places like that as well. But most of the time when I stop, I will find a, a spot for my horses and then I'll find a, a hotel nearby that I can unhitch and go over to that and enjoy a nice comfy bed. Some people have living quarters, trailers where they can actually stay in the trailer. And I did have a semi-living quarters trailer it didn't have a bathroom inside of it but it had a separate dressing bed area that I could stay in and sometimes that can be super handy because you can just park and you go right into your trailer and you can save time because your luggage all stays in your trailer you don't have to unpack into a hotel and then pack into um, your trailer again so it definitely can save some time that way and also help with 
if you're forgetful and you tend to leave things, it can be helpful because everything just kind of stays between your truck and your trailer. But when I was looking at the cost of a living quarters trailer, which usually means you need a bigger truck, and the increased cost of the bigger truck and the bigger trailer, I found that the savings I would have in the living quarters trailer uh, wasn't really anything compared to a hotel, especially when I stay at the hotels, I collect points. So I'll often get a free hotel night every so often. For example, after staying in Texas for the week, we had a free hotel stay that we could use on the way home that we used uh, on our Kentucky stop actually we had a free hotel night stay so that was super handy to have uh, have that so when I did the cost analysis it it wasn't really all that different you just kind of have to think about what's more convenient and it can definitely be more convenient to have your own living quarters trailer but sometimes it can be easier not having the living quarters trailer because you can have the maneuverability of a smaller trailer it can be a little bit nicer. Speaking from experience where I had my Dodge um, 3500 Dodge that I used to tow my giant four horse slant trailer with the living quarters area, that was a trailer that you had to be careful not to go down certain people's driveways if they didn't have a good turnaround spot you're always kind of like looking before you went places thinking okay am I going to be able to turn around in here uh, getting gas was tricky too especially when you need diesel you have to kind of look out for special diesel pumps and it made it a little bit difficult I downsized and got myself an f-150 and the three horse slant uh, trailer and it's been so much easier to haul places to turn around if I make a wrong turn uh, when I go into these different places for my horses to stay the night I don't really worry when I pull in their driveway if it's going to have a big enough turnaround because the three horse slant is just so much easier and then we keep all of our luggage in the truck bed and then it's super easy to unhitch and and just go off to the hotel or whatever we need to do the trailer of mine has a first horse escape door, so I'll often fill that with hay, or I'll fill the back tack with hay and put my saddles and stuff in the front tack. So it's uh, it's been a pretty handy uh, setup, definitely one that I would recommend for sure. And it also has the added perk that you stay under 10,000 pounds for your trailer fully loaded, which means you can avoid getting the upgraded license can stick with just your regular license which makes that super handy and avoid all of those pieces too. Now when it comes to crossing a border or even crossing within states you do need to make sure you have a health certificate when you're in the states and just crossing between states you just get a regular health cert and have a Coggins from the last uh, year and when you're crossing across the border from USA to Canada you just need to get that extra um, federal vet stamp so it's the USDA in um, the States or the CFIA in uh, Canada. It uh, takes a couple extra days to get that stamp and get it back and costs, I think, around $100 to get that extra little piece of paper. But otherwise, pretty easy to go back and forth and your Coggins has to be within six months instead of a year. But overall, not super difficult to do. You don't actually need to book an appointment with the vet 
going down to the States unless your horse is staying more than 30 days. If you're going less than 30 days, then don't worry about it. You can just drive across. And when you're coming into Canada, you don't usually need a vet for virtually anything unless you're coming from a quarantine zone, which when you get your paperwork, your vet could tell you about that if you're going to have any special requirements. So the paperwork piece can be pretty easy to do. And usually when you're crossing the border, you're going to go in the commercial lane. The only state that I've actually driven to that requires you to pull over into an agricultural stop to uh, check your paperwork is Florida. When you're on your way in, there's an agricultural uh, pullover spot that you show your paperwork to. It's pretty easy. It doesn't take too long. They just match up the paperwork to the horses, make sure that you've got the right Coggins for the right horse, and then they uh, carry on their way. I actually find that when I stop there, they more thoroughly check the horses than they do at the border, which is kind of funny when you think about it. But I've never had issues uh, crossing the border. Sometimes they'll hold you a little bit to look at your trailer and make sure you're not hiding anything in there. But it's usually pretty easy and you get on your way. No big issues there. So if you were worried about crossing a border with a horse, try not to be too worried about it. Just get the right paperwork. Your vet can help you with that. You just need the health cert and your Coggins, and then you are good to go. And just remember that your paperwork for your health cert is only good for 30 days. So when you're booking that appointment, you try to book it reasonably close to when you're leaving. So that way, if you stay for longer, you can get the most out of that paperwork. And if you're longer than 30 days, well, then it just means that when you're in the States, you have to get a health cert to come back as well. So not too tricky to do. So if you have something on your bucket list that you want to do with your horse, whether it be go ride on the beach, in the mountains, go to a clinic or go to a horse show, don't be afraid. Put it on your to-do list. Make it happen next year. It's easier to plan than you might think and uh, can be worth the experiences to have those memories and I find when I travel with my horses I really bond a lot closer with them I see them every day and I spend more time with them than I do when I'm at home because when I'm at home there's always one million chores and other things to do that always seem to creep in there and take priority but when I'm off traveling with my horses then they become a bigger priority because we're away and we can go do that stuff so I hope you guys found this helpful and uh, if you haven't already taken your horse somewhere, hopefully I can inspire you to go somewhere with your horse and knock that something off of your bucket list. Thanks for listening and enjoy the journey. Thanks for listening to Horse Happenings with myself, Lindsay Partridge. Remember, you can always check out more great free resources and other information at HarmonyHorsemanship.com or check me out on my personal website, LindsayPartridge.com. That's Lindsay with an E, Partridge.com or HarmonyHorsemanship.com. Thanks so much for listening and bye for now.